Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. that it feels like 733 to everybody. We, I already addressed the elephant in the room in our leadership prayer in the back tonight before church. Everybody loves that extra hour until it comes nightfall. You start to feel sluggish. You need your warm milk before you go to bed. <laughs> and I always see it every time change in the fall. Whenever it gets this time, you see it in people's faces like, I'm here, Master. <clears throat> and so, as I a lot of times say, I'll be mindful of the time, and all that means is I can look back at the clock and you tell me what time it is. That's the real interpretation of that whenever I say I'll be mindful of your time. <clears throat> Amen. No, I, I'll, I'll try. I'll try. I'll attempt. Amen. At this morning, we started a series on volunteering and volunteerism that's going to carry on to next Sunday uh, but also the Sunday night uh, services for the next two weeks are pushing toward that direction as well and just propagating that same uh, theme if I could say it like that but I am going to preach to you and again I, I, I approached this probably about eight years or so ago actually I was sitting in the pew just thinking this to me it's amazing maybe not to you but personally it is that uh, this coming year, whenever we start 2020, that that this all next year, 2020, will be my 10th year of pastoring this church. And that just blows my mind. And uh, so, um, so I've said that to say this, is that over those eight years, there's people here that wasn't here eight years ago. And there's people that's not here that was here eight years ago. And so one of the many reasons why you go back and tag in on some of these things is because in essence, to a certain degree, your congregation changes a little bit. And if not anything else, some of your people who were kids add eight years to their age. Alex Mason, where are you at? Where's Alex at tonight? He's like, what, you're 20? Yeah. So eight years ago, you were 12. And so what I'm about ready to bring tonight will mean something to him different at 20 than what it did at 12 and probably for some if you were 48 you know now you're 56 you know it could just you know pardon me yeah you forget your old age me and my wife we were talking with somebody it was that last week or I don't remember it was and I was convinced we forgot I was convinced that I was I'm 40 this year that's when we was up in New York or Newark, Ohio. I was, we was convinced, and they said, well, how old are you guys anymore? I said, well, Don's 41, and I'm 40. And she says, no, I'm 42. I said, no, you're not. And we went back and forth for a little bit, and I am 41. And, and uh, so, but it was during that time there was a lot of activity, of course, with our personal family, and we had made a quick trip to go to someone's wedding. I was, I was at someone else's place when my birthday even happened, although they still made me a cake. Uh, I guess I just was trying to get two years out of one, and that's okay. 
So you, I'll answer to 40 or 41, I guess. Amen. Second Samuel chapter number 6. So much for being mindful of the time. Amen. Verse number 10. So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him and to the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. Again, for our purposes tonight, this is going to center around the theme that was started this morning, the volunteering and volunteerism. But I want to preach to you this. I didn't change anything, didn't change the title, not trying to snap anybody. Seekers are keepers. Can you say that with me? Seekers are keepers. Amen. We want to talk about that tonight for the next little while if we can. Father, I come to you tonight. I pray, oh Lord Jesus, for the anointing of your spirit, God, upon us in the next little while. God, as we, Lord, delve into the word of the Lord, God, let it become alive, God, to us, alive to each and every individual, setting in the sound of my voice. I pray, oh Lord, today, God, turn our attention towards you, our thoughts towards you. God, let there be inspiration, Lord Jesus, I pray tonight, God, let there be information, I pray, oh Lord, help us, God, to gather around your word, Lord Jesus, and invite it into our hearts and lives. God, what it would say, God, to us individually and collectively, and the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. And the church say amen. Can we give the Lord another hand clap of praise this evening before we're seated? Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Seekers are keepers. This man, Obed-Edom, he is from the same hometown as Goliath that David fought in the valley of Elah. Obed-Edom is from the city of Gath, just like Goliath was. No one is really proud to be from Gath, perhaps, because uh, their only claim to fame is the destruction of Goliath, who was from there. He had been their champion. He had been their towering warrior, but he was taken, of course, by a young lad by the name of David. So they have no notoriety or, or any type, anything that's famous that's per se connected to them. So here is a man of Obed-Edom that is also from this very same town. After David had spent, according to the Bible in the Old Testament, after David had spent several years running from Saul and after uh, a seven-year civil war, in Hebron among God's people, David, the Bible says, was made king. And he was made king over Hebron and then later even Israel. And as a result of that, David made inroads into the cities of these different places and he overtained them. He was victorious over them. And he was victorious over the city of Gath that uh, Obed-Edom held from and and he came into that city he overtook it overtook 
the city of Gath and the Gittites, which were the people that were natives or the people that lived in Gath. And so when David defeated Gath, that city, he brought with him from this area approximately 600 men from that place. They, they were known as foreigners. They were known as uh, what some would even determine to be heathens of that particular city. And not long after this, David had sought uh, to go back and get the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant, that which was a representation of the very presence of the Lord. And so he had a desire after he had conquered these cities to go back Get the ark of God. It should be at Jerusalem. This is where it should be, and I want to get it back home. It had been gone for quite some time. There had been many years that have elapsed since the ark of God had been home in a little excess, as a matter of fact, of over 20 years. Somewhere around there, the ark of God had been void and vacant from the city of Jerusalem. But the Bible says that David is on a mission to get it back to Jerusalem. He has prepared a spot. He has prepared a place for the presence of the Lord. And David takes with him 30,000 men to go and get the Ark of the Covenant. Some are familiar with the story how David placed the Ark of God on a new cart, although that was incorrect and wrong, and he would soon find that out because as they were bringing it on that new cart, Ohio and Uzzah, who the Bible says were driving the cart, they came to a particular threshing floor, and the Bible says the oxen, uh, even that were pulling the cart, that they shook. And that shake then just even went throughout the cart and the Ark of the Covenant. And Uzzah, thinking that it was going to fall from that cart, he puts forth his hand to steady it. And the moment that he touches the Ark of God, he dies. And David is troubled. By what just occurred. He's troubled by what is happening. He's somewhat fearful of the Lord because a man's life has been taken. And so David doesn't proceed to go forward with bringing the ark of God to Jerusalem at this time. As a matter of fact, there is a house not far from the place where this man's death took place, which happened to be Obed-Edom, this, this man who is part of the Gittites, who is a part of the city of Gath that David had overtook previously. And so he takes the Ark of the Covenant and places in it in the house of Obed-Edom. Amen. And you got to understand, Obed-Edom, according to Scripture up to this time, he is essence, in essence, a nobody from Gath. It's not like anybody is singing the praises of Obed-Edom. It's not like he has his name and the limelights by any way. He is just a nobody from Gath. He, he's one of the 600 Gittites, if you will, from Gath that David has brought back. And, and he didn't really have a right, you know, to be where he was anyway because he's a Gittite. And yet we have uh, this type of representation here of, of the, the very presence of God now being taken to the house of Obed-Edom. Can I say tonight, just a segue here for a moment, here is a man that had had no, had no, 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 uh, 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 I can't even get the word out of my mouth. He had no reputation with the children of Israel until this point, amen. And similarly to us tonight, some of us that sat here, uh, we may sit here tonight, we have necessarily no, no heritage in the church. You don't have no heritage with, with Pentecost or apostolic. Some of us that sat here were first generation 
sinners and that's great and that's fine but we, we don't have no ancestry we don't come from a line of preachers or from people that have laid a path in previous generations before us concerning church or religion or the way or the apostolic message or anything like that and so Obed-Edom is almost kind of like some of you that, that fits that bill he, he has no heritage in any of this he, he has no if you will familiarity or people in this family that he can point to that was a part of this and yet being bestowed upon him is the privilege of having the Ark of the Covenant in his household. And while the Ark of the Covenant was in his household, the Bible says that he and his family are blessed beyond measure because of the presence of the Lord that is in their midst. This man has no attachment here, yet he's being blessed by the presence of the Lord. He can't say that he necessarily rubbed shoulders with the Ark of the Covenant before, but he's being blessed because it's in his house. For three short months, the Bible says, the Ark of the Covenant is in his house. And so now, Obed-Edom, not ever being exposed to this, is now adapting to how to live with the presence of God in his house. Every morning he wakes up, and when he goes to bed, it's the presence of the Lord. When they're eating at their table, they can look over. It's the presence of the Lord. His children, through the process of three months of growing, just even in three months, amen, have been exposed to the presence of the Lord. And it seems like in those 90 days, it doesn't seem like much but in a 90 day period of being exposed to the presence of the Lord it turned around Obed-Edom's entire life it left an indelible impression upon he and his family can someone say amen here it is now. There is David coming back to retrieve the ark of God from Obed-Edom's house to take it to Jerusalem. He knows it's to be upon the shoulders of priests and not a new cart. It is according just to the geology of the area, amen, the geography really of the area, that it's just a 10-mile journey from Obed-Edom's house to Jerusalem. But David has this set up, of course, that at six paces they're going to offer up sacrifices to the Lord. They're, they're going to play instruments of sultry and hearts and all the different instrumentation unto the Lord. And if you realize that whenever you begin to look at that, that means if every six paces they did that, that somewhere above 3,000 times they're going to be stopping and they're going to be offering sacrifice. Praise and adoration to the king. That's going to be a long trip. My wife and I here lately in our travels, I have always been the seize and conquer, let's leave and get there type of mode. And even whenever we evangelize, every once in a while she could turn my arm enough that I would maybe make a stop. But as we're getting older, she's wanting to make more stop. And uh, as a result of that, I try to acquiesce and stop. But that makes a short trip long. And so just imagine how long it took for 10 miles, stopping every six paces above 3,000 times to get, if you will, to Jerusalem. But when they make it there, and this is just according to, to history, amen, that when they made it there, and that pilgrimage to Jerusalem oftentimes uh, were accompanied with the singing of the Psalms. And, and whenever they placed that ark of God in the house of David, perhaps another one of the Psalms were sang for the purpose of, of its ornation, if you will, into that spot that David, 
David had prepared for it. Amen. Backing up, you know, Psalms like Psalms 91 and the arrow that flieth by night and all these different things sung. And David began to set up his, his kingdom. And as David began to set up his kingdom, now having the ark of God in Jerusalem, David understood as we read the book of Chronicles that David needed some order. David needed some, some singers. David needed some laws. David needed some people to be involved in different areas of his kingdom. He needed some people that could serve in different capacities around about his kingdom. You can turn your attention if you want to to 1 Corinthians or 1 Chronicles rather 15 and 16. This is where David begins to order his people and order his kingdom. And what David is needing in this hour, David is needing some people that can serve. David is needing some people that, if you will, even volunteer for some of the responsibilities that he has in his kingdom. As you read first, amen, Chronicles chapter 15 and 16, we begin to understand some of the people that David are looking for. David was going to need some people in his kingdom to serve, people that would just thank and praise the Lord. Doesn't seem like a hard task. Seems like, you know, the job description for that would be pretty broad. That there would be a lot of people that would be able to qualify for just thanking and praising the Lord. And so as David, if you can imagine with me a little bit, walk with imagination tonight. As David is asking, if you will, for some people that will thank the Lord and praise the Lord. All of a sudden, over to the left-hand side, someone jumps up and says, hey, over here. I would love to thank the Lord. And I would love to volunteer to praise the Lord. And David's peering back and others are scratching their head a little bit and thinking you know what I don't think he's from around here I, I don't think he's from Jerusalem I, I, I don't think he's one of us someone else might say I don't think I've ever seen that man before what, 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 what is he doing he wants to thank and praise the Lord and all of a sudden it becomes clear who raised their hand over there in the back it was Obed-Edom Amen. The one that David had left the ark with for three months. Amen. Yet in those months, Obed-Edom realized how honorable it was to have the presence of the Lord in his house. And so Obed-Edom, he says, I, I want to thank and praise the Lord. I had his ark in my presence for three months, and I can't tell you how indelibly impacted my family was for heaven. So, so David, if you need somebody to thank the Lord, I'll do it. If you need somebody to praise the Lord, I'll do it. Can someone say amen David says that's great that sounds wonderful thank you Obed-Edom amen for thanking and praising the Lord he says but I, I got some other things on my list I, I need some more help I need some other people he says I need some people that's going to do every day's work every day's work he says this is work that happens every week this is work that happens every day if we put it in modern day terms brother Fred this is in the summer work where the lawn's got to be mowed every week and sometimes twice. He says, I, I, I need some people, Sister Sarah, that, that after every Sunday service and every Wednesday, it's going to sweep the carpet. I, 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 I need some people. This is just some everyday where I need people that's going to be able to water the landscaping three times a week. This, this is just everyday work. It, it, it's on a cycle. You, you can depend upon it. It comes by every day or every week. And all of a sudden, again, he sees a hand raised over here. And he says, hey, I want to be involved. And he looks back and it's old Obed-Edom again. It's, yeah, you can read the scripture. It's Obed-Edom again. I, I want to do something. Hey, you already signed up the thanks and praise the Lord. He says, I don't care. He says, I just want to be involved. I, 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 
just want to be involved. He says, I can praise the Lord and I can thank the Lord and I can still do some, some work just every day. Whatever you need, David, whatever you need around the kingdom, count me in. I want to be involved. Someone say amen. I'll mow the lawn. I'll polish this. I'll do that. Whatever you need, I'll do it. David goes on. I'm putting this in modern day terminology for us tonight. David says, I need a janitor. I need a janitor in my kingdom. I need some help. Don't you know, before David could almost get the word janitor out of his mouth, there he is. <laughs> Over here, David. Over here. I, I'm, I'm looking left all the time. Who is it? Obed-Edom. I'll be a I'm serious. Read your Bible. I'll be a janitor as well. I'll clean the toilet if you need me to. I'll turn on the lights and turn them off. I'll unlock the building and lock it back up if you need to. I'll set the thermostat where it needs to when everybody leaves to go home. Whatever you need done, I'll do it. I'll put the letters on the sign, change them each month. I'll put them back up. But but you're already involved in so many things. He said, that's all right. I just want to be involved in everything that has to do with the house of God. I just want to be involved where the presence of the Lord is at because I know what it's like to live with the presence of the Lord around. Someone say amen. I can almost hear Obed-Edom having a little conversation. Him and David just back and forth. He's already taken three rows, if you will, here. Hey, David, don't you understand? I came from Gath. I never even felt the presence of God before. Hear me? I never sat on a Sunday school chair before. And heard the stories of the word. I didn't sing in the youth choir. Three months ago, I didn't know much about God. But right now, after having him three months in my home, I'm so in love with him. I want to be where he is. I want to be around where it's happening. So let me thank him, praise him. Let me be the janitor. Let me do the everyday's work. Why? Because I just like being where his spirit's at. Someone say amen. You can look at it now. First Chronicles 15 and verse 18. To save me the pronunciation and perhaps some embarrassment for some of these names. The list is before you tonight. He talks about in 1 Corinthians 15, 18, and with them their brethren of the second degree. It goes through the list. And as you're reading through those names, lo and behold, there's one that pops up that's awful familiar. Obed Edom. David came forward. Now listen to me now. These were those of the second degree. David came forward and said, we need people to sing in the second degree choir. First degree is Heman and Asaph and those that are known that you see sometimes in the superscripts of your psalms. That's the first degree choir. He says, but I need some to sing in the second degree choir. (laughs) If I put it in terms that we all can understand... Y'all going to sing when the first degree choir can't. Y'all, y'all going to sing when the first degree choir is out, you know, uh, on a tour at other churches. You're you, you going to be a part of the second degree choir. Maybe they all go be sick, but I need a second degree choir, and I need people to be a part of. Here's Obed-Edom. He says, count me in, David. He says, I'll be, I don't have to be a part of the first degree choir. He says, I'll be a part of the second degree choir. Just just let me fill in somehow. And let me help. Help me to fulfill a role. I just want to be eager to lead, just lend a hand. He says, I don't have to be in the limelight. I don't have to be an Asaph. I, I, I don't have to be a He-Man, no. He says, you just make me a part of the second degree choir he says because I just want to go I just want to be a part of what goes on in God's house 
I don't want to hear David. David, hey, talking to uh, uh, Obed-Edom, can you sing? Well, you know, I might not be the best. But I, I, I could say, do you know what a tenor is? I don't know what that, but David, I know you can teach me. I know you can give me instruction. I know you can help me along the way. He meant just, just make me a part. I'll be a part of the second degree choir. And so here's Obed-Edom. We go to First Chronicles, amen, chapter 15 and verse 21. And David somehow is asking or he is employing, getting volunteers for somebody to play the harp. And in the list, those with harps is listed. Obed, eat them. Now listen to me, folks. You can study this. Scholars are split whether some of these that are mentioned in Chronicles are the same Obed-Edom, the one who carried the ark. But there's others about half as much that believe this is the same person all throughout. And that's where I leverage, amen, tonight, that this is the same individual all throughout. They're about split 50-50. And so here's another Obed-Edom. David says, I need someone to play the harp before they can finish. He's on his feet, and he says, I'll play the harp. David's like, have you ever played the harp before Obed-Edom? I don't know if he did or didn't, but if he didn't, no. He says, but well, how in the world do you know that you can do this. He says, I don't, but I have a desire. Can I tell you tonight, there's some things around the church that you might not know how to do, but if you got a desire to do it, we can set you up with a mentor, somebody that knows how to do it, and we can train you and educate you, and perhaps you have maybe even a little talent or bend in that way, and you can be used in the kingdom of God. But what we need to start with is somebody just has a desire. Somebody says, I just want to be a part. I just want to be a part of what's going on. I don't want to sit along the sidelines of the parade and watch it go by. I want to be involved. Open oh, I'll play the harp. <laughs> I don't know it, but I'll learn it. Bless the Lord. Because <laughs> I don't want anything going on that has to do with the presence of God and me not being there. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 15 and verse number 24. Now look at this now. I'm talking about those that did blow with trumpets. But look, and it speaks of those there at the end place who were doorkeepers for the ark. <laughs> There's a name there. Obed Edom. They said, we, we, need, we need a doorkeeper for the ark of God. <laughs> Here's Obed Edom. <laughs> you know, like those kids are in school that want to answer the question. It's like, you know, there's Obed Edom. Yeah, Obed Edom, what's going on, buddy? He says, you know what? I would just really love to be a doorkeeper for the ark of God. Obed-Edom don't have to hear, like I was speaking this morning with Isaiah, Obed-Edom don't have to hear the full report of all of his duties. He says, you had me at the word ark. Three months it was in my house. You had me at the word ark. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Open Edom. But, but, but there might be someone over you. That don't matter. Open Edom says, I don't care who's in charge. I don't care who's leading it. I don't care what night it falls on. I just learned that where God is, blessings are. Where his presence is, blessings are. And if that means me be a doorkeeper of the ark, I know my life, my family, my children, my going out, my coming in, my household is going to be blessed by being a part of it. Someone say amen. 
Oh, but Edom's got a little addicted here. Amen. He's addicted himself to the presence of the Lord. He's addicted himself to the presence of God. He wants to be a doorkeeper. The Bible even tells us in Corinthians that they had addicted themselves or appointed themselves to the ministry of the saints. They just wanted to be a part, amen, that involved the body of God's people. That 90-day period of time with the ark of God in his house, it had changed his life, his perspective, the life of his family and not only that it changed his descendants for hundreds someone say hundreds hundreds of years mm. the Bible says now look at it First Chronicles 16 and verse 5 First Chronicles 16 and verse 5 here it is with psalteries and harps. There is a little variance, a little difference between a psaltery and a harp. Remember, Obed-Edom's already had his hand up for the harp. But honey, he don't want one stringed instrument to go by, I guess. He has his hand up on the psaltery. There's Obed-Edom again. People to make sounds with the psaltery. Now, can you imagine at this point? Everybody's sitting around. David's going to this next little checkbox on his list. I need some people with the psalteries and the harp to be able to play. And everybody kind of just looks over it. Obed-Edom. Go on and stand up, Obed. Why? Because you've hollered out over everything else. Just go on and stand up, Obed. We know, we know you want to do this. Why in the world, Obed, are you volunteering for things you can't do? He says, I came from Gath, guys. Jerusalem hasn't been my home. I came from Gath. I didn't know anything about this. I didn't have no ancestry. I didn't have no heritage. The majority part of my life in this, we serve the gods of the Philistines. I bowed to them. I kissed their toes. I rubbed their shoulders. And I never had what I had in those short three months with the presence of God in my house. So you better believe I'm going to show up when they say it's work day. I'm going to show up whenever they say it's outreach. I'm going to show up whenever they say they have this need or that opportunity or position to feel. You better know it because my life before this, I can't speak of much. But ever since I come to know the Lord, oh, he's been better to me than what I have been to myself. I don't want to live another day without being in his presence. And so if that means raking leaves, then so be it. If that means cleaning the toilet, then so be it. If that means cleaning after, you know, the conference or special services, then so be it. Let me tell you something, folks. I've been around this tree long enough and many enough times to know that there's times whenever you can do just what we would maybe describe as the mundane work of God, that you can feel the presence of God. that there can be a visitation from the Lord in those moments of washing a window. I know some of the people, I remember Brother Ronnie Peterson used to years ago just sweeping the carpet. He would just talk about how much he enjoyed that time with God. Doing a work, having a desire to do a work. Can you imagine Obed-Edom? I want to be a part as much as possible because I want my wife and my kids. To be exposed to this. Can you hear him? I love all the festival days and the new moons and the Sabbaths. Huh? I love Pentecost and I love tabernacles and all of our special things we have. He says, but I love to show up even when it's not a festival day. 
just to be around that surroundings and environment. And I want my kids to be a part. I want my kids. I want my kids to be a part of that. I'm being mindful. Now look at this. First Chronicles chapter 26. Look down through there through the first four or six verses. God. Everybody say God. God starts choosing a people by lots. All right? Almost like drawing straws type of, uh, of mind thinking you can think. God starts choosing people for positions and places. There are four gates on, on the side north, south, east, and west that lots are going to be cast for for people to man those gates. The north gate was the gate known as the gate of collections or supplies and commerce. It was a gate of high honor because kings would bring gifts of collections and supplies and commerce to this gate during this era. So to serve in that capacity to receive the royal gifts of kingly people and to have that interaction, that was a prized position within itself. Because of what your hands would touch, you would probably never touch in any other position. Uh, the, 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 the acquaintances, uh, the people that you would meet in that moment, you'd probably not have that same opportunity elsewise. It was a high honor. On the east, there was the east gate. On the east gate was the place where important people came. It is where the kings came and where the ambassadors entered. And so a person serving in this capacity, though they may not be acquainted with the riches as the one prior, the kings and the ambassadors that would come of every nation and creed into this place, these people are going to be exposed to. It's like being next to the rope as the president passes by. You understand what I'm saying? This, this is a perk and a privilege, a very high honor. And then uh, we could see then uh, on the west gate was what was known. We think, we think this is just horrible, right? But it's what was known as the garbage gate or the refuse gate. And still yet, out of the four, it's still a very coveted position. Amen. Very coveted position because there's only four on these sides and God is doing the choosing. And so the last gate that we have is the south gate. And it was the south gate, the man that was responsible for guarding the south gate, that was responsible for guarding the king's treasure, that which belonged into the king of that kingdom's treasure. And that south gate would be facing Egypt. And so that man had the responsibility, if you will, to keep Egypt out but to keep the Lord's treasure in. It was, according to history, the most coveted position of the four gates. And these were going to be chosen by lot, according to God. 1,000 men would serve in these positions. Sometimes two, four, or eight at a time would be serving in this position. The lots are being cast. The determining of those people is by the hand of the Lord. Out of the thousands of people that are there. North gate position and row and responsibility. Zechariah, no one was surprised. Woo, Zechariah got the north gate. Great for him. East gate position, the lot is cast. The one that's going to be responsible for this is Shalemiah. 
Shalemiah going to be serving at the east gate. The west gate, amen, they're going to be appointed. Shepham, you're going to be at the west gate. They also name another name that's going to serve there. Hosa, he's going to be at the west gate. Now everybody that has not yet been chosen, they're on the edge of their seats with bated breath. They wait for what is the final choice, the, the casting of the lot of God upon these people. And so they're on the edge of their seat waiting for the selection of the south gate, the most coveted gate, the most prized gate. And lo and behold, as it spills over the lips of the announcer, they say, Obedito gets the selection of the South Gate. And as a man from Gad, a Gittite, having no heritage per se of Jerusalem, he didn't have anything really to offer. But it's almost like this today, folks, that God was saying, Obedito, you cared for me and my presence when I was in your house. And so now I want you to care for me in my house. You cared for me at your home. Now I want you to care for me at my home. You cared for the ark at home. And if you want to care for the ark at home, then care for it at the house of God. Someone say amen. The Bible says, so here's David. He's ordering his kingdom. He's getting everything in line. He has 38,000 Levites. He has 24 courses of priests. There's 4,000 singers that he's organized. 288 musicians. It'd be nice to have that, wouldn't it? 288 musicians. 4,000 gatekeepers. And then the most important gatekeeper of them all, Obed Edom. Now you might be asking that, Brother McGee. This is ridiculous. How can a man be the janitor, give thanks and praise unto God, right? Be a doorkeeper. Huh? How can one man do all these things? And I don't know it ever panning out that he did all those things. Some of them would probably overlap. But here is the fact. He had a desire to do whatever he could do. Whether he ever served in all eight or however many of those capacities, the fact of the matter is he had a want to. And so that's what we got to carry away. It's not, oh, well, if they serve in eight positions and that one serves in ten, well, they only serve in two. No, it's do you want to serve? Do, has, has there been to any type of exposure in your life to God's presence that you're like, I want to be a part of that? At any level, I can be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. I don't have to sing. I don't have to preach. I don't have to play musician, uh, musical instrument. If you can, you should. Amen. I don't have to. But if it means just folding a flyer together for an upcoming revival, then bless God, I want to be a part of it. Someone say amen. <laughs> Here's the scripture. First Chronicles 26, verse number 4. And I'm going to try to. Go through these names. First Chronicles 26 and verse number 4. And he, 26 Paul, 16 is different from 26 by 10. <laughs> Moreover, the sons of Obed-Edom were Shimei, the firstborn, Jehozabad, the second, Joah, the third. Sakar the fourth, Nathaniel the fifth, Amiel the sixth, Issachar 
the seventh. Peothai the eighth. For God blessed him. Also unto Shemiah, his sons. His son were sons born that ruled throughout the house of their father, for they were mighty men of valor. The sons, Shemiah, Othni, and Raphael, and Obed, and Elzabad, whose brethren were strong men. Elihu, and Shemachiah, all these of the sons, you listening to me? All these of the sons of Obed-Edom, they and their sons and their brethren, able men for strength for the service, were threescore and two of Obed-Edom, which means there were 62. Threescore and two is 62 of them. They, if you look down through that list again, it says, for God blessed him, for they were mighty men of valor, whose brethren were strong men, able men, strength for the service. Sixty-two mighty men of valor that flowed from the loins of Obed-Edom. It doesn't seem like if you read in the scripture then how it's organizing this seemingly that not one member of his family decided that they didn't want to be where God was. Listen to me. That does not just happen. No. Somewhere in the lineage was a man that said, when it comes to the things of God and the church, it's high priority for my family that we want to be involved. It's kind of like the plea, if you will, of Joshua when he said, as for me and my house, we will serve. Someone say amen. We will serve the Lord. Listen to me here. I, I, I'm not going to state each name, but, and these are mixed up. They are not in order, first through eight. But listen to the meaning of the names of these primary eight boys of Obed-Edom. Jehovah has endowed us with goodness. Jehovah has been our helper. Everything I have is the wages of the Lord. Everything I have is the wages of the Lord. God has heard my cry. God is our. This is a family thing. God is our God. God hath given us our hire. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are now the people of God. A Gittite from Gath. Who was not of the people of God. Now his descendants are saying. Now we are the people of God. Another one's name is given of God. Here's a man that says I'm going to serve in whatever way. I'm raising my hand every time. I'm volunteering every time. If I don't know how I'm going to learn it. Because I know what it's like to have the presence of God around. I want my wife to be exposed to it. I want my family to be exposed to it. And now generations that's coming from his loins. God has heard my cry. Their name means given of God. God, everything I have is the wages of the Lord. Folks, that don't just happen. It happens because a man decided, a man decided that if there's a need, I want to help fill the need, especially when it concerns spiritual things and the things of God's house. Amen. There's no better committee to serve on than the one that's conducted by the church. No greater endeavor 
amen, than the one that is conducted by the church. If you'll stand with me tonight, I'll come to a close. We'll get you with your hot chocolate and your house shoes on and your bed clothes and your droopy eyes. And you'll still go home and watch TV before you go to bed. Amen. Check social media. See if everybody else is out of church yet. <laughs> About 240 years later, we read that Hezekiah, this is mind-boggling to me, later in the book of Chronicles, I think it's Chronicles around in the 30s or it might be even 29. Hezekiah needs some help. He needs some help to cleanse the house of God. Things have went AWOL, previous kings before him. Hezekiah, when he first started his reign, he was very mindful of getting things back in order concerning the things of God, the house of God, cleansing it, doing away with all the false gods and all the idols. About 240 years later, Hezekiah needs someone to help cleanse the house of the Lord. Some of the names that are mentioned there so happened to be direct descendants of the house of Obed-Edom. Blows my mind, folks. Had no connection. 240 years later, there's still people coming from his line of descent that's saying, if you need help in the house of God, Hezekiah. <laughs> you know, it's not even the same king. But if you need, house, you need help in the house of God, count me in. You know, we oftentimes speak of generational curses. We all heard that, right? Alcohol, drugs, generational curses, blah, blah, blah. Have you ever thought that there could, on the same token, be generational blessings? And so while we're cursing and waving our fist over something that's been brought and handed down to us from a generation, I'm continuing with, and this is something I fight against because the generation before me, what about if you could start a new trend? For the generations that are to come after you and the blessing upon their families and their households because they said, you know what? I'll volunteer. Count me in. Well, now, Obed-Edom, this is not like, you know, the, the fourth gate around the city that's a coveted position. This is kind of the, the dirty. It's all right. If it concerns God's presence, if it concerns that, I want to be a part Folks, we are in the preparation room for eternity. We are. We are in the preparation room for eternity. Where? In that city, the old hymn used to say, in that city where the lamb is the lamb. There's just a longing in me that I might not be in that city yet, want to be involved in anything that's connected to him now because I'm in the preparation room sister Tiffany for eternity and I want to be a part of that presence of the Lord I want my children to be those that God is our God and God has given our hire and everything I have is the wages of the Lord God has endowed me with goodness so on and so forth for generations to come for generations to come. Can we bow our eyes, our heads, and shut our eyes rather across this building tonight? Would there be anybody in this place with a heart, determination, and desire that to be like the Isaiah of Isaiah 6 I spoke of this morning, 
that whenever the need was conveyed, Isaiah even didn't hear anything else but just the need. He said, hear my Lord, send me. Because I believe that was the same attitude and personality of Obed-Edom of the Old Testament as well. Here am I, David. I'll do it. Harp, psaltery, it don't matter to me. Here am I. Praise and thanking to the Lord. Here am I. Doorkeeper of the house. Janitor, what? David, here I am. Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom. We need the Obed-Edoms that's in this congregation tonight. As I said this morning in our lesson, your part matters. We need you, sir. We need you, ma'am. The kingdom of God is so much more vast than any one of us. The kingdom of God is so much more vast than any one of us. Can I even tell you that the work that needs to be done here at 1121 Cedar Street is bigger than your pastor. It's bigger than the leadership team. It's bigger than any one of us. We need you. We need the Obed-Edoms that say, count me in. I want to be a part of whatever God is doing. I want to be a part of whatever God is establishing. If that is you tonight, you can come find a place to prayer and just holler out to God. God, count me in. God, at whatever level, Lord, capacity, we all have giftings and abilities. God, they've been given to as we talked about it this morning. You have it where you're conscious of it or not, whether you want to accept it or deny it. Nevertheless, we have it today. And God wants to use you. He needs some Obed-Edoms that will say, I have a desire to be a part. I don't know how to do it. That's all right. If it's, if it's the capability of being able to train, we'll try to do our best to train you. Hallelujah. You can be a part of the kingdom of God. You can be a part of where his presence is. What's going on? What's happening? I just want to be attached to what God is up to. I just want to be attached to what God is doing. Hallelujah. As we are coming to the close of another year, let this be upon our hearts and minds because the seekers are the keepers. Oh, be it. David, he's seeking. He said, man, I like that guy right there. I like that guy right there. We'll try to our best to, to protect you because there's some people that just serve themselves to death. Anytime you ask, they're going to be there. Those are the people that can also be taken advantage of. We'll try not to take advantage of you. We'll try to protect you. But we would absolutely love, amen, and encourage your involvement because we need you in the body of Christ and we need the, the work of the kingdom that still yet needs to be done before the Lord returns. There's still yet much to be done and we need you today. We need the Obed-Edoms in the house. Oh, I, I don't have a heritage in this, Brother McGee. That's all right. Uh, this is the first time I've ever been to an apostolic church. First time I've ever been exposed to church or the Lord. That's all right. He has a place for you, sir. He has a place for you, ma'am. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.